the promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12, this is LBC 97.3, the original and still the best mystery hour. One of my uh, colleagues here at Global Radio works on, a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on another radio station, very kindly came over to compliment me on this part of the programme yesterday and admitted that he had uh, perhaps indulged in the sincerest form of flattery in the past on his own show by... Uh, doing something similar and of course we, we all know remember when uh, a presenter on bbc six music actually did james o'brien's mystery hour on on his show as well he works in this building now as well but if you want to find out who i'm talking about you'll have to follow me on twitter because i've just teased them in my latest tweet at mr james ob is where you need to be uh, this is your weekly opportunity to get an answer to the question that has had you befuddled for the longest time it works in a very similar way to the newspaper columns q's and a's notes and queries you ring you ring in instead of writing in though and of course by doing so you get an answer in the course of the hour rather than having to wait a few weeks for some other fella to write in or 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 lady to write in with the answer you crave Uh, dullness and repetition are the only reasons why your question won't be included and the management's decision on those criteria is final otherwise if you've never heard it before sit back and enjoy the ride you will by one o'clock today no more than you do now four minutes after 12 should we crack straight on I think we should. Uh, there's a couple of phone lines free, actually. 0845-6060-973, if you want one of them. Uh, Beverly is in Pinner. Beverly, what is your question? Hi, my question is, yes. you know the Hadron uh, Collider in Switzerland? Y- well, when they yes, sort- yes. When they, <laughs> they collide the particles that mm. they, they did, and I did, do they get the particles from atoms? And if so, where are they? Are they in the air? I mean... I imagine they're like specks of dust, or... Oh, they're smaller than that. I just can't get my head round they've how, got where guns. they get the particles They've got gu- particle guns. They shoot, they shoot particles out of particle guns. But what's a particle gun? It's a gun that fires particles. But where are they getting the particles from? The gun. I'm not helping, am I, Beverly? No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fascinated me. Yes. How do, where do they get them from? And if, if, are atoms, if they get them from atoms, are they in the air floating about? Or if we're all composed of atoms? Yeah. I, I, and it's... It, 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 I mean, it, 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 they are searching for the answer to life, the universe, and everything, Beverly, in, 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 in CERN, in the, in the Hadron Collider. I, yes. I, I, I don't think you should beat yourself up for, to quote your original observation you shouldn't beat yourself up because you can't get your head around it yeah but where are they getting them from the particles yes but i mean they're all around us you know what i mean well, i Is think i do just... yes but i want to be clear I mean, they're all around us the particles exactly so mm. what are they colliding just air no particles did you hear He's the not... question last week? Were you listening last I week? I don't. I don't get your answer. I understand what you're no, saying. No, I'm. Le- I listen. Still... I'm just teasing you. I'm leaving it on the board. I haven't got a Scooby Doo, Beverly. Frankly, oh, I, there's okay. someone cleverer than me. Oh, fair enough. Some, no. That makes me feel better. Yeah. No. Well, I don't know. That's very flattering that you thought I might know the answer to that. I haven't got. I haven't got... <laughs> what, what? So, what is it again? Where do the particles come from in the Hadron Collider? How do they get them? Yes. To, where how do, do, they, how do they get they, them from? Where do they get them from? And, and how do they get them to do what they need them to do? That's to right. Collide. You're crushing two things into each other. You've got to get them from. They've got to be something 
uh, you physical. Just, you can't just sit. I mean, it'd be the equivalent of sitting by the roadside waiting for a crash. You can't just sit waiting for them to collide, can you? You've got to do something to exactly. But you've got to have something to collide. You've they got do to be something physical, however tiny. Where? Wh- how? How long have you been puzzling about this? For a long time. How, how long? For a few years, actually. Yeah, since you first heard of the collider. Well, even before yeah. they started colliding them, you were worried about the No, prob- probably, be- probably then, when I first heard about it. Well, I crikey, if we can get you an answer today, I feel that... I've we, looked we, up online and no, all sorts of no, things. No, you need a brain. You need someone who has heard you ask that question and just goes, oh, I know that. And I'd w- love to know. And we need because them. Are they, is it in the air, floating around us? Oh, I, 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 well, yes, is the answer. Not just floating around us, but it's in that cup in front of you. It's that table you've got your feet on at the exactly. moment. Exactly. Yeah. So they, how do they get a bit? Is it like taking a piece of air and putting some air in something and crushing two bits of air together? Probably not, but I, but I can't say that with no, any confidence. No, I not thought so either. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's get Beverly an answer if it kills us. Beverly, I've got to crack on. I've got a switchboard groaning under the weight of inquiry. But if you know the answer to anything you hear, 0845 6060 Where do the particles come from? In the Hadron Collider. The, you know, the ones they need to collide. Rick's in Weston. Rick, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James. Yeah, surprise, um, surprise. Go on. Waited 40 years for an answer to it. Go on, then. Um, we had our kitchen renovated 40 years ago, and they put in a fluorescent, a long light bulb. Yeah. And we were told, don't turn it off, because it uses equivalent power to about five hours to turn it back on. Every time it turns on, it uses the same amount of energy Electricity. five hours yeah. of leaving it on right. so i always leave my current one on all the time i just want to know how long is it that you should if i'm going to go back in the kitchen after three hours should i leave it on for three hours or can i leave it on turn it off well, what, 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 they told you already it was five hours well no they said don't turn it off they didn't actually give me a period of time uh, so, so, okay. so, so you, were, you were just speculating on the five speculating hours. it was a lot of hours but I, I, oh, I talk about from the sublime to the ridiculous with these two <laughs> with these two opening questions I, I, a big fluorescent light bulb so because the answer is going to be different according to every kind of light bulb you mean the big strip lights yes the big strip lights. how long how much energy how much hours worth of energy does it take to turn it on yes exactly as opposed to do you so how often do you turn yours off well, during the winter, I, so if I think I'm going to go back in the kitchen mm. within the next three or four hours, I leave it on so it pretty much stays on all day. But you don't turn it off at night? At night, yeah. You so do? That's pretty much the only time. Once it goes on during the day, that's I delay it. turning it on as late as possible if mm. there's enough light, and then once it's on, it stays on all day. I, 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 I mean, forgive me for asking this question, I, and I can only ask it in fairly uncharitable and unfriendly terms, Rick, but... Uh, are you a bit tight? It's not so much that. It's when you're a little... I was about 10 or 11 when I was told this. Yeah. And you're impressionable at that age. Yeah, but you just said you don't you don't turn the light on in the kitchen until as late as possible. Well, I mean, if it has to be dark, I really... It's not to do with money. It's to do with green sort of issues. Oh, I, I beg your pardon. I apologise. More like that. Yeah, that's much, but, more, that's much um, more palatable. I don't really care that much. Sometimes I go and turn it on three times within five minutes. I mean, depends what mood you're in, really. <laughs> So I'd, I'd quite like to know the answer. What sort? Of, I'll try and get you on. What sort of mood are you in when you when you when you turn it on a bit early, a bit prematurely? A good yeah. mood or a bad mood? No, it's mood? just it's not so much. The, it's 
you're going in there, you just want to get something quickly and yeah. help with... Um, but would you sometimes, would you think, if you, if you were coming into the kitchen and the light was off and it was just on the cusp of perhaps needing a bit more illumination, but you were thinking to yourself, I'm probably not going to come back in for three or four hours, That's the point. W- would, you, would you sort of rely on the fridge light or something like that? You'd just sort of I, go uh, gorilla, you go commando in the, in the kitchen. The what? light in the hall that yeah. sheds light into the kitchen, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I tell you what, we need some illumination. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll try and get you an answer, Rick. Thank you. 11 minutes after 12, Andrew is in Islington. Uh, question or answer, Andrew? It's a question. It's another sort of science question, but not. Um, it might even be more silly. Um, no. You know... So, uh, just to I clarify, Rick didn't think his question was silly, so that was quite rude of you then. Yeah, OK, I'm oh, sorry. That's, sorry no, that's, no, that's it OK. It was not a silly question. It, no, not Sorry, no. this is a silly question, but there's real right. science to it, and okay. I don't know the answer. If I drink a can of Coke and then swallow a Mentos mint, mm. is the same thing going to happen as if I drop a Mentos mint that, into it, a Coke bottle? But that's a stupid... Um, that's not a silly question. That's a stupid question. Why is that a stupid well, I, I, have you ever heard of anyone exploding as a result of simultaneous consumption of Diet Coke and Mentos Chewy Mints? Ever, 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 ever. Not just in Islington, but in the whole world. Uh, I tried to look it up on Google and I couldn't find one. So we are not, we're fairly what? confident that no one has ever exploded as a result of simultaneously confusing Mentos Chewy Mints and Diet Coke. <laughs> but... No, but... You've seen the ex- you've, no, you've seen the experiment. I, I know what happens when you drop a tube of Mentos Chewy Mints into a bottle of Diet Coke. It explodes. No, no, not a tube. No, not a tube. It, it, it's, a, you put, it's a half full bottle to start with. If you put in a lot and, of and mints, you get a bigger single, explosion. No and, no, and it's a single mint, and you get a jet of Coke coming yes. out. You can look well, that up. I, will, I have seen it. So I have seen it. I've seen it. I've seen yeah. it, but I'm asking, I'll ask you the so, same question so, again. Have you ever heard of a human exploding after eating a Mentos Chewy Mint shortly after drinking some Diet Coke? I, I haven't, but why not? Why because it, because, the, because well, because what are the like, what is the likelihood that this has never happened? No one has ever drunk a Diet Coke and then gone, oh, I'll just have a Mentos Chewy Mint. Even the people doing the experiments that you refer to on YouTube would surely at the end of the experiment gone, oh, I'll just have a sip of that. And you know what? I might have a mint as well. And they didn't explode, which is the answer to your question. But the chemistry is the same, isn't it? No, you've got acid in your tummy and all sorts. And you'd have to swallow the mint hole, which is just weird, and it'd probably get stuck on the way down. Uh, look, I'll put the question on the board, Andrew, but frankly, I, the heads are going to roll after this, because you should never have got on air. <laughs> it's all very well laughing. That's another, that's another pair of feet making their way to the dole queue after the programme today, Andrew. I'm glad it's tickled you. Families and puppies to support, it doesn't matter. There's no well, way you should well, have got on air with that question. I'm sorry to Rick, and I'm sorry to your... So you've upset uh, Rick, and you've got the producer job. sacked. Good work, Andrew. All for a chewy mint Coca-Cola related question. <laughs> OK, you're going to do it, James. Yeah, I'm going, I have to now. I don't you, want to lose a job for nothing. I don't, I don't, you're gonna do it. No, you're I'm gonna not going to do it. I'm not going to be safe. a guinea pig. You, you don't add me yeah, to a list no, no, of people no, no, you've James, upset and you, offended. You, you be the guinea pig. Oh, I will. I will. Get me a, get me a Diet Coke and a Mentos chewy. Do it. It has to be Diet Coke, doesn't it? Diet Coke and a cat and a mentos. Oh, and, and I can't, go and do, I can't it now, do it, James. Go on. I can't do no, it. I don't like Diet Coke. I don't like Diet Coke. It, it, it makes my teeth itch. But you can do it if you want. I will, we'll, send, we'll send a live radio car round to Islington. Do you want to do it live tomorrow uh, morning? I, I want to know the answer. I'm not doing it. Well, then there's an easy I, way to I'm find out. Sure. You, 
You're di- yeah, that's for you to do it, James, because you're really confident. It's normal Coca-Cola. Oh, you think I'm scared now? Is that what you're saying? A little bit. You think I'm actually frightened of having a swig of Coke and a Mentos Chewy Mint in case I explode? A, ca- a, a whole can of Coke. Right, the producer can save her job. I'm not drinking a whole can of Coke. I'll burp. That's what it, that was the question. I'm a live on the radio, man. I can't be drinking entire cans of Fizzy Pop. Do you Travel think this news. is? Travel news. you got enough time and you do. Say that again? The travel news. You've got enough time. <laughs> J. Louise Knights in the LBC 97.3 Travel Centre. Not Diet Coke, apparently. No, full fat Coke because it has to have all the sugar in it, apparently. Okay, in Kensington, Addison Road. I was going to stay silent for a while then, just to make you think I died after drinking Coke and Mentos Chewy Mints, but then I thought you might have just turned the radio on and you'll wonder what's going on. And then I thought, I'll do a burp, and then I thought my boss will be listening, so I better not. I probably should have just carried on. Robert's in Hackney. It's mystery hour. Question or answer, Robert? Uh, it's a question. Yes. Okay. Uh, why does porridge stick to a non-stick pan? Yeah, all right. I like that. You're on. How, how long has this actually bothered? Uh, I've been cooking porridge for years, and I could never figure out why it sticks to the pan, even if you rinse it in cold water, hot water. Soon but is it not? I mean, a, a, a non-stick pan doesn't... I mean, scrambled mm. eggs stick to a non-stick pan, but they don't stick as much as they do to a non-non-stick pan or a stick pan. Yeah, but the porridge sticks all over the non-stick it? pan. It's it? not just a little bit caught on the bottom. But is, is, is it in no way... Is it in no way yeah. less sticky than in a, in a, in a non-non-stick pan? Uh, I've never tried it. I've not had any non-stick bands for years. Non-non-stick? So You've only got non- non-stick. non-stick? You haven't got any I've non-non-stick? Got non- I've got non-non-stick. You've got non-what? I guess I've got... I guess I have non-non-non-stick, which non- makes them non-stick. Not, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's find out for you quickly. <laughs> so we've got... That's a snort there for nothing. That's because of the coca drank in the, in the travel news and all the mints I ate. So we've got the Hadron Collider... The fluorescent light bulb, the the non-stick porridge pan, and the uh, the, the mentos chewy mints. <sighs> Thank you, Robert. Paul's in Guildford. Question or answer, Paul? Uh, it's an answer, James. Good. Go on. It's on the Hadron Collider. Oh. Annual particles. All right. Where do the particles come from? Uh, right. Well, you'd need something that emits um, alpha or beta radiation. Uh, no, I hope I got this right. Go on. Um, you've got, you have some, you have some. I mean, ha- I'll better explain. You have alpha, beta, and gamma radiation. The main three ones you might be familiar with. Um, yeah. Alpha and beta are actually particles, and gamma is energy. Right. So alpha, alpha is a fairly heavy particle. Uh, beta's a lot lighter, uh, and basically, you want a charged particle that you can smash into each other. Yeah. And they're they're accelerated by by energy themselves, like the electromagnetic fields. Um, and you actually get the particles, which was the question, from something that emits those particles, which is a radioactive source. So if you think of uh, uranium or something like that. So they'll have, uh, some, they'll have a radioactive source in the Hadron, two radioactive sources in the Hadron. That's current. right, yes. yes. Do you think that will be a satisfactory answer for Beverly, who asked it? I hope so. Do we know what's actually in the Hadron Collider, what radioactive sources well, they use? Well, they could probably use different sources, so that's why I'm, I, I can't tell you what they're using without looking at So it emits radiation of a kind where it will be which particles. Is, which is a particle matter. Which will be alpha or beta radiation. That's right. Now, alpha radiation, where you could, you could put a source of that and it'll bounce off your skin. Beta radiation will go through your skin and could damage your uh, genetic makeup. Wow. 
Uh, Qualifications, uh, Paul? Uh, my father was a nuclear scientist. Your father was a nuclear scientist? Nuclear physicist, yes. Nuclear physicist. What do you do? Uh, I'm an accountant. <laughs> that was cruel, wasn't it? I'm going to give you two, because that was just cool. <laughs> so did your father, the nuclear physicist, sit you on his knee once and say, don't follow me into I, I, don't, uh, don't follow me into the glamour and the money and the fame of being a nuclear physicist? You want to do something sensible, son, be an accountant. Some, something like that, but, you know, you, you, well, I don't think he sat me on his knee. You just sort of get it by osmosis. <laughs> give him another. Go on, the first ever hat-trick. Thank you very much. Well played, Paul. Uh, it's not exactly right. No, I won't do that joke. Tony's in Chislehurst. Tony, question or answer? Uh, question, please, James. Yes. Uh, why do geese fly in a V formation? It's aerodynamics. Same same reason cyclists sort of tuck in behind each other to get into the slipstream. Use less energy right. and then they take it in turns. Who to be at the front? Well, they take it in turns. So they okay. can conserve okay. energy as they make their way over a long journey. And your qualifications? Um, <laughs> I am half goose. <laughs> I think we've had it before. We might, it's just there. It's in my brain, Tony. It's filed away in that huge, huge chasm in my brain that's full of useless information. Okay. Are you going to take that? Um, I haven't really got much choice. Well, yeah, you have. The rule, the rule is that I've just invented, uh, literally this moment, the rule is that if you think my, my answer is above 75% plausible, you have to accept it. If you, and if you think it's we below 75% plausible, you have to offer an alternative theory that sounds almost as plausible. Well, I, I don't think they, they fly in close enough formation to actually get any slipstream. Look at the size of the wingspan, line. man. Look at the size of the wingspan. No, they'd have to fly in a straight line. No, be, no the wingspan. They wouldn't be, if they flew in a straight line, they'd be flying into each other's backsides all the time. They wouldn't be able hold to on, hold on. Tour de France, Pardon? all the bikes don't, don't ride in a V, do they, to get the, uh, the slipstream? No, because a bike is much narrower than a goose with its wings extended. Uh, I'm not convinced, James. Well, are you 75% convinced? No. Right, what's your superior alternative explanation, then? I'll wait and see if one no, of the... No, you can't uh, have that. You've got to accept what's before you. In the absence of... Listen, this is the first rule of science. The best available explanation for all the observable evidence. This is Thomas Kuhn's theory of paradigm shifts in a flipping I've nutshell, I've only had Tony. one answer, though. I need a choice to make a decision. But that's the best available explanation of all the observable evidence. Ah, uh, until it's put out there. All right, OK. No, that's your prerogative. Pat's in Wimbledon. Pat, question or answer? Uh, question, please. Go on, Pat. Um... I want to know why uh, the signs for the service stations on the motorway have a spoon and a fork <laughs> and not a knife and a fork. It's a question my son asked me when I said, when you see the knife and fork, um, we stop and have something to eat. And yeah. he told me, no, it's a spoon and fork, mummy. Well, and he was right, was he? Yes. And you've, you've checked this on more than one sign now, subsequently. Yes. You're confident? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Confident, yeah. I would now like to have a brief conversation about service stations you visited lately, but I'm conscious of sounding like Alan Partridge already <laughs> on a daily basis, so we'll probably steer clear of that one. Okay. And there's a Judith pantry there if you're making your way up the A30. Right, you're on. So why is it a spoon and fork and not a knife and fork? That's it, yeah. Not couldn't just be because a knife looks like a letter. Uh, no, I don't think so. No, why not? No. Why is everyone shooting down my answers today? Oh, I'll stop giving them soon. <laughs> Pat, thank you. What's your little boy's name? Um, Andrew. Andrew, thank you too. Is he at school? Yes, he is. Well, this will be something to welcome him home with, hopefully. Podcasts are available at lbc.co.uk so he can hear his little moment of celebrity. Christian is in Hartford. Christian, question or answer? Uh, answer, James. Come on, then. Come on, to do with the fluorescent tube. Oh, yeah. uh, question from Rick. 
Um, a fluorescent <laughs> tube effectively works on the hot cathode principle. Oh, yeah, um, as any fool know. Uh, oh, of course. Well, as, as opposed to a cold cathode tube, <laughs> which everyone calls A neon. cold cathode tube, as if it would be that, <laughs> eh? Go oh, on. Okay, well, basically, you have a strip of mercury, which runs the length of the tube, and there's a gas in the tube. I can't remember what the gas is. Argon. But you need... Uh, it could be argon, actually. Uh, that Boom. tends to go into cold cathode phase. I'm not oh, sure right. it is. Sorry. Um, but you need a, a very big bolt of electricity to basically heat that mercury up to fire the gas. So you have uh, a starter, which effectively is a capacitor, which uses quite a lot of, can use quite a lot of power, so you've got to charge that up. Uh, nowadays, starters don't use any, any power particularly at all, but maybe your guys, one for 40 years ago, did use a lot of power because it was inefficient. Um, but the modern ones aren't inefficient at all. So he should so just turn it on and off with gay abandon? Oh, well, if he changes his, if he's got the original capacitor from forty years ago, then no, it's probably inefficient. It is using quite a lot of power. The capacitor so is in the is in the is in the is in the fixture, not in the bulb, because he must have changed yes, the, the bulb fixture. in forty yes, years. Yeah, totally. It'll be in the actual housing of the fixture. Um, oh, but well, he probably hasn't changed change the capacitor really anyway. So yeah. <laughs> so oh, so the answer is well, hang on, because then again, if he's got the old capacitor, how many hours worth yep. of, of uninterrupted energy is the equivalent to turning it on? We, we I, don't know. I'd that. be incredibly surprised. Any, anything more than about 20 minutes. Yeah, so would I. Even at, even at the, old, uh, um, the old type of capacitors. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give... Uh, what, what, are your, that much power. what are your qualifications? Uh, I'm a lighting controls engineer. Yeah, but apart from that... Uh, apart from that, um, I did electrical <laughs> electronics <laughs> engineering <laughs> at university. Stop <laughs> <laughs> You could hardly be more quiet. These are people who don't listen to Mr. Arrow on a regular basis sometimes don't understand what I get so excited about. But you phoned up to answer a question about light bulbs, and you are a lighting controls engineer. Yeah, yeah, I control the lights. I don't actually put the lights in. I just uh, tell them what to do. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> that just that fantastic. No, it does. You've had your round of applause. Great work. Thank you, Christian. John's in Hornchurch. John, question or answer? It's a question, James. John. Your oral hygiene. What? Oral hygiene. Oral, oral hygiene. hygiene. Oh, yes. Yes. Or, yes. As in the mouth, not the ears. Of course. Um, why is it we're told constantly by advertising that there are nasty bugs, bacteria living in our mouths? Mm. And when we go to the dentist, we're, they're, they're scrupulous about oral hygiene with you know, this, that, and the other. Why is it when we brush our teeth, we just turn up our toothbrush and pop it into a cup and, and, and leave it overnight. Surely there's nasties and bugs and all sorts living on that toothbrush. Why don't why aren't we told to put the toothbrush or the head of the toothbrush in some sort of sterilizing agent? Surely it's a bad thing. Well, it, I mean, you, you, you've almost answered your own question. It is and we yeah. should, but we don't because we never did. Well, perhaps we should. Well, yes, I, there's nothing to stop you doing that. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, the really unpleasant answer to this involves the other appliance in the bathroom other than the sink and the bath and the pollution shall we say that will reach your toothbrush bristles if you leave it exposed i, I won't go on but but we've covered that no, in the past no people are having lunch I, we've covered that in the past for reasons that currently elude me but it was pretty grisly listening I, I can assure i mean obviously there will be bacteria gathering on your toothbrush while it's yeah. in in the cup. It just occurred to me because we went away for the weekend and I left my toothbrush and bought a new one when we were, uh, when we were on yeah. holiday. We came back and I thought, should I be putting this in my mouth? Well, it's all happening in Hornchurch, isn't it, John? It is, it is. <laughs> Absolutely in my mouth it is.
<laughs> I, 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 I mean, what do you want? What would constitute an answer? Someone saying... Well, I, I, well, I'd, I'd, I'd need somebody to tell me, uh, you know, are there any health risks with using a toothbrush that's been upturned and simply rinsed after being used? Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I like that, because there must be. But how big is it? Is it worth actually changing your habits for? Thank you very much. Uh, it's LBC 97.3. I'm James O'Brien. The time now is 12.30. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. 32 minutes after 12, you're listening to LBC 97.3. It's Mystery Hour. It's also proven quite amusing this week, which is always nice. Claire in Guildford has texted 84850 to say, James, please stop making me laugh. I'm trying to pipe cream onto my cupcakes. It's a family show, Claire. You don't need to share that sort of information at 33 minutes after 12. And Jen says, James, your snort just made me snort in the middle of my otherwise quiet office. I should mention at this point that I'm doing proper comedy on Sunday, if you want to come along, at the Soho Theatre. Uh, it's, a, it's a blend of current affairs conversation and ideally a few gags called No Pressure to be Funny. And uh, various people on the panel this week, including Mark Dolan, who you probably will know from his appearances on Nick Ferrari's show, uh, Andy Saltzman, uh, the comedian and cricket enthusiast, Pordrick Reedy will be there from the Index on censorship and helen lewis deputy editor of the new statesman and little old me uh so uh, get online there the tickets are available from the soho theater it's called no pressure to be funny it's on sunday night back to mystery hour what have we still got to do we've done the particles and we've done the light bulbs but we haven't done the porridge why does porridge stick to a non-stick pan uh why do geese fly in a v why is uh, a service station why is food represented by a spoon and fork crossed on the sign not by a knife and fork and uh, and i've just retweeted uh, balcony shirts evidence that that question was actually correct he said himself i didn't believe her but she's right if you follow me or indeed him on twitter i'm at mr james ob he's at balcony shirts you'll be able to see the picture that he has found and uh, how much damage do you do potentially to yourself by leaving your toothbrush uncovered overnight there's quite a lot there let's get some more henry's in ilford question or answer henry hello good morning it's a question go on henry um, you know, the video LBC put on from Gordon Brown snubbing the policeman out to number 10. Well, you say snubbing. I, I personally, I was a bit uncomfortable with that and the way everyone thought it was hilarious because Gordon Brown is blind in one eye and it's perfectly possible that was why he couldn't see the policeman's outstretched hand. But I'm familiar with the footage you refer to. Anyway, that made me wonder, what is the role of that policeman you see on all the pictures standing outside the door? He's got no arms. What? Why does he stand there? He has got arms. No, he's got he's unarmed. He's no gun in his hand. Oh, he's got no weapons. Sorry. What, why does he stand there? The whole Downing Street is surrounded by armed police. Why? What? What? What's his role or position well, standing outside you, you the door? You can't, you can't just sort of rock up and start knocking on the door of Downing Street. Can you, can, even if you've got through the uh, the original. Uh, if you look on the telly, when, whenever, whenever anyone arrives at the door, it just gets opened up. You never see from the, the inside. Now. He never opens it, does he? Yeah, so what, is, well, it, it could just be decoration. It's decoration. It's decorative. It's nice. Possibly, but, I mean... It's supposed to be a recession. The decoration they've got for Downing Street. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're on. What, what's he doing there? That, that policeman outside number 10 Downing Street. Okay, thanks. No, thank you. It's a lovely question. What's made you wonder about it, Henry? Um, basically, that film made me wonder, but my child is also doing a project now in London, and mm. we've got loads of postcards from Downing Street. And there's Street, always so a copper outside Downing Street, isn't there? Always one copper standing with an old-fashioned helmet outside yeah. Downing Street. You're right, actually. Why? We'll find out. Well, hopefully we will. Someone listening's probably done it. Such is the nature of mystery. That's why our motto is, if you build it, they will come. Andy's in Staines. Andy, question or answer? 
It's a question, James. Go on. Um, Bob's your uncle. Oh, we've done this before. Yeah, haven't done it we before. We must I've have done it The last it three weeks running, what? and Lucy said, oh, and I thought you'd been blanking me. My daughter wants to know. I said it to her the other week. She said, Dad, you haven't got an Uncle Bob. I said, I know, but it's Bob your uncle, isn't it? Refers to. She said, no, Daddy. Oh, it's either a politician sense. or a soldier. I'm going to go with Robert Peel, but not, not with enough confidence to award myself a round of applause. Yeah, you don't need another one, do well, you? I haven't had any yet this week. Well, you had far too many. Well, I haven't had go. any yet this week. Every week is new. Every week is new. It doesn't matter how many I've had in the past. Every week is new, and I'm I'm, I'm running. I think I'm running on empty. No, I gave. Oh, I didn't even get one for the geese because he was being such a funny fellow. <laughs> what is? Who is Bob? In the well-known phrase, Bob's your uncle. Yes, Nancy needs to know desperately. We shall find out for Nancy. We still need to find out for Andrew why the spoon and fork is representative of restaurants on the service station. LDN5 has tweeted to say, "I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The best questions on mystery hour always come from children." Kind of. Best answers come from me. Darren's in Raynham. Question or answer, Darren? It's answer, James. Come on, mate. Uh, it's the Mentos one. Oh, yes. Well, I was kind of ignoring yep. that. Yeah, I thought you might be. <laughs> As, um, I was watching um, Mythbusters, funny enough, the other day. I like and that uh, they actually uh, tried the experiment because they, uh, they had uh, looked into that one. And what they done was is they rig- put a rig up uh, and used a, a pig's stomach. Uh, not with the pig around it, yeah. but actually Just... took the pig stomach out. Yeah. 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 And put it on a rig, filled it up with, uh, uh, coke and then dropped a mento into it and, uh, it didn't explode. It's interesting that you say a mento. Well, they had a tube of them. They yeah, tried but is one that, is then... that the singular? Because I've always thought it was just a tube of Mentos chewy mints. I've never thought of Mento being the singular and Mentos being the plural. But it's, now that you've said it, there's a certain logic to it, isn't there? It was a single Mento. It wasn't a single Mentos. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I sense you don't share my intrigue with this grammatical <laughs> conundrum. No. <laughs> Give him a round of applause before I bore him to death. The reason being that the, the, what, what it happens is all the carbon dioxide in the liquid shoots out of the liquid when you drop the mint into it for reasons that are chemical. And obviously the small aperture at the top of a Coke bottle creates that fountain effect. But, but the simple act of pouring it out of the bottle into anything else, be it a human stomach or a pig stomach, removes uh, the uh, concentration of carbon dioxide that you would need to affect any form of explosion. Nick's in Epsom. Nick, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer, James. Come on, Nick. And it's the one for the geese. Oh, why they a v? V? Right, quite straightforward. Um, they do benefit from um, a little bit of help from each other, i.e. a little bit of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, aerodynamic. Almost like, yes, aerodynamic hydroplaning oh, from the wing. So yeah. it disturbs yeah. the air and they fly in a little bit of more quiet air than the other birds. So it's a slipstream. Um, slipstream, yeah, thank you. Um, they also um, check navigate each other when they're doing long migrations. Do they? Now... Yeah. Now, what they do is they have more prominent, dominant birds in their flock than other birds. And these will generally be the ones that are at the front leading. And they swap over, obviously, because they get tired at the front, because they're causing this um, deflection of air that they all fly in. So they swap over and they swap over and they swap over, but they only swap over between the more dominant birds than the other ones to check navigation, to make sure that they're not flying too far off course like and it. they get to their, you know, as the crow flies, they get to their destination from the shore. I also quite, I quite like that phrase, prominent dominant birds. Prominent dominant. Prominent dominant birds. We've all got our yes. Achilles heels, Nick. 
Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. What are your qualifications? What are your qualifications? Um, my, my dad enrolled me um, in the RSPB when I was about eight, nine, and my brother as well, who's, who's listening, I might add. What? If I can just say a little thing, we are having a massive competition on round of applauses. What's the score? I'm currently five and a half, and he is four and a half. <laughs> and he is listening, so if I get this, it's six and a half, four and a half. What's his name? And... Uh, his name's Steve. He's the decorator. He's he's quite a funny chap. But uh, he's uh, we have oh, massive this is competitions. Now, I'm have to, uh, Steve, uh, Steve, mate. I'm sorry about this, but the boys done Don't good. Be afraid. The boys done good. Hey. Six and a half, four and a half. All we need now is Wayne to get involved um, in in, uh, in Basildon, and we'll have a we'll have a three way on our hands. Alan is in Richmond. Alan, question or answer? Answer. It's the Bob's your uncle thing, and you have done it before. I know. Because Why does no one ever believe me, Alan? It was Robert Salisbury. Back Not in Ra- the 1800s, he was a prime minister who basically, um, he appointed his nephew Arthur Balfour, I think he was, to a, yeah. uh, some, I don't remember the political position. It was something in Ireland. No, it was prime minister. But he basically wasn't, expe- no, 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 the, the position he No, it, well, no, it was, it was, it was to- Robert Cecil who was the Marquis of Salisbury, which is where you get Robert Salisbury That's from. That's right. And he, 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 right. he was yeah, succeeded yeah, yeah. as Prime Minister by Arthur Balfour, and the perception was that he only managed to do that because of his uncle's influence, so it became Bob's your uncle. Correct. Yeah, I yeah. know. That's, and you definitely did it before, because that's where I remember well, it. Well, so what do we do with the applause now? I suppose you get it. Well, no, you don't get it, because you didn't remember it had been done before. Well, I kind of knew it had. Yeah, what, Robert Peel? Duh. You make a valid point, Alan, albeit in a slightly politically incorrect fashion. <laughs> Give him the round of applause. <laughs> I just got dirt on my own show. That's a first. Dots in Kensal Rise. Dot, question or answer? Hello, James. Hello, um, it's a question, please. Yes. My children asked me at the weekend when I was cooking them a Chinese mm. whether in foreign countries, I know, China, Japan, Greece, they would do we could go on. <laughs> we could. Whether they would cook English food, whether they would do fish and chips, or go out and buy the ingredients for roast but, beef. But you mean you, you mean as a treat? You don't you don't mean like when you're in Greece and you walk past a taverna and they advertise that they do an English breakfast because that's for English people. You mean in the way yeah, that we families. go out for Chinese food? Would a Chinese family go out for? There's that great sketch from Mirasai. What was Mirasai's comedy show done with Sanjeev? Oh, um, goodness gracious they'd, they'd me! They say we're going out of the Indians. We'd go out for an English, and they'd say we wanted. As bland as it can be, and all that sort of thing. It was brilliant, really. Yes, so we don't know. And would they cook it at home? Like we could then buy the ingredients for Chinese food and cook it at home. Do they do that abroad? No, no, no I'm only going to let you have the, uh, the the restaurant question. Oh, all right. Then. Well, because you're only Thank allowed you, one. Though. You're welcome. So, can, can, can you go out for an English when you're in India or indeed in China? And it's got to be aimed at the natives, not at the English tourist. Eileen is in Walthamstow. Eileen, question or answer? A question, James. Yes. Please. Yes. Why Why is it that uh, in this country, UK, we're regarded as the motherland? Are we? Yes, we are. Okay. Has been for yonks. Mm. And other countries, for example, um, Russia G- and France, as, is regarded as the fatherland. Is France the fatherland? Mm. Okay, let's go for Germany. That's a bit more obvious, isn't it? Everyone says Germany's the fatherland. We all know that. So who decides whether you're a motherland or a fatherland? Who decides? Yeah, that's your question. Why, that's what? my question. Yeah, I know. Why, why is it? Are you sure? I mean, forgive me, but are you sure we're the motherland? Oh, yes, we are. Most definitely the motherland. Uh, but really? I've never heard it referred to as the well, motherland. Well, it's about time it was um, 
It was about time it was represented because we've yeah. always been known as the motherland. The motherland. Uh, and so is Russia. Is it? Mm. Why would that be? That's a lovely... I don't, that's oh, why I'm I, know you, I know you don't. I'm just sort of, you know, being rhetorical. Mm. Oh. Why, why, why would that be? Because it can't have anything to do with common language of origin, can it? Cause, no, cause it can't. we've all got the same roots. No. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm just in the dark about that. Maybe someone has got the answer. Let us find out in the only way we know how to, Eileen. Oh, right, thanks. Thank you. 0845 We've got a few questions that we need to get answers to. Why is, uh, why is Germany the fatherland and Britain... Uh, to, and I didn't know this, but Eileen is absolutely convinced. Britain, the motherland. Uh, what does the copper outside... What does the police officer outside number 10 actually do? We've done the origins of the phrase, Bob's your uncle. Can you go out for an English in foreign countries as a native, not as a, as a, as a deliberate appeal to expats, English expats? Uh, how much muck and bacteria do you get on your toothbrush when you leave it out? And why do service stations advertise the availability of food with a spoon and a fork instead of the rather more obvious, perhaps, knife and a fork? Done quite well, but I do note from the early days of Mystery Hour this afternoon, we still don't know why porridge sticks to a non-stick pan. It's 12.45. 12.47 and Mystery Hour is upon us. Let's try and uh, rattle through as many answers as we can. Eric's in Battersea. Question or answer, Eric? Answer. Cheer up. Yeah, no, I've, got a, I've got a cold at the moment. All right. Coughing. Sorry to hear that, Eric. Go on. Yeah, it's answer for about uh, number 10 down the street with the police officer. Yeah. Is number 10, can't, the door can't be open from outside. It must be from inside only. Yeah. And that officer stands and if you see someone coming along, he knows... He does something to tell them inside that, you know, so-and-so's coming, open the door, which they do. But if he doesn't know them, he doesn't, you know, send a message for them to open the door, and it can't be open from outside. So he, he's like a, I mean, he's like he's a sort like a of human door, camera. Pardon? He's like a human intercom yeah, yeah. stroke camera. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't need to be there. Um, well, he does, really, because otherwise anyone would be knocking on the door. Well, they wouldn't, because they've got to get through the gates. They can't, even the chief... Oh, no, can't... no, no. Oh, the gates at the other end, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, it, that is the reason you can't open you can't you can't open number ten from outside. You must be inside to open it. Sure. So they don't. But you could have a spy hole like we've got on our front door. You know, you just yeah. have a little look through. But, <laughs> but then just looks right having a policeman outside as well. And, yeah, and actually, I'll, just to add to your answer because you've earned your applause. Uh, some, sort of, I went to Downing Street last week for a charity reception with Sam Cam James, a charity called Hannah's, it's a very worthwhile charity, and the policeman standing outside the door, who was charming and willingly posed for photos, was in full body armour and holding a very large machine gun. I assume he is the last security stand, so that's a sort yeah, of supplementary. You were going there. What are your qualifications, Eric? Um, no, I used, to work for, I used to work on the tour buses. Oh, OK. And, and all, the, all the people used to always tell, the, you know, the... The, um, customers there. Of course, I like it. I hope you feel better soon, mate. Right in. Seriously. <laughs> Vitamin C. Right, thank you very much. Vitamin C is what you want. Bye-bye. All right. Laura's in Clacton-on-Sea. Hello, Laura. Hello, James. What have you got for me? Um, the answer to the, do the Chinese eat English? Y- uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, they do when they're in China. They go to Western restaurants and they also use nice forks to eat with. As, as a sort of culinary adventure? Yes. In the way that we, how, how do you know this? Um, I had a Chinese student stay with us the other summer doing a uh, sort of exchange of foreign students, yeah. and uh, she she told us because obviously I asked her if she wanted to eat with chopsticks, and she said no, we go out to English restaurants and we use knife and forks there. What, we, what, what meal were you serving when you asked her if she wanted to eat with chopsticks? Um, just 
just an ordinary English meal, because we have to treat them the same as... Like um, sausage and mash? Yeah, yeah. like that, yeah. yeah. You'd struggle with chopsticks. I can't you do couldn't cut the sausage. So. You couldn't cut a sausage with chopsticks, could you? Uh, no. I think she did actually try to do something like that, but it didn't work, so no. she went back to nothing before. Quite right, too. So they, she I'm would, she'd turn to her friends and she'd say, hey, shall we go out for an English? Yes, they do, yes. I love it. Beautiful. And it's not until you actually speak to them and you realise, oh, yes, they don't understand how to use knife and forks as well, um, so obviously oh. it's all chopsticks. Yeah. And I'm a first-timer with you, James, so it'd be, be nice to me. I couldn't be much nicer, Laura, could I, in all honesty? No, you're, you're lovely, thank you. You're very <laughs> kind. Hang on, don't go yet. You've forgotten your little party bag. Oh, do I get an applause for that? Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> a lovely day. Pat's in, oh, I might go out for an English after this, actually. Pat's in Godalming. Pat, question or answer? It's an answer. Come on, And Pat. it's why we're called the motherland as opposed to the fatherland. Yes. And it's, it's just historical. It's because of Queen Victoria. It's during our period of time of biggest expansion. We had Queen Victoria on the throne. And she was the empress of the world. And they always referred back to the mother and the motherland. Are you, are you, I, I think you're probably right. But are you, are you sure you're going for Victoria, not Elizabeth I? Um, you can go for either, but the biggest expansion, because you had Elizabeth I and, you know, the discovery of the America, etc. Yeah, but we had, we had France then. I mean, you know... That's why, sort of, during our periods of expansion, yeah. our biggest expansion, is we had a queen on the on the throne. So it was predominantly Victoria, but it's also mentioned that too. So the Elizabeth Russians would be I. the Tsar and Germany would be a Kaiser? Would be, yes, and that's it. During the times well, but hang on, out. Russia's the motherland as well, but that might be because of Catherine the Great then. Um, I thought Russia was still the fatherland as well. Oh, I don't want to get into a scrap. But it's going to be the gender of the monarch at the time of most expansion, imperial aggression, expansion, call it what you will. Qualifications, Pat? Uh, Just an interesting... I I actually looked it up a few years ago because it is, you know, I thought it was odd that we were the motherland. You're on. Let's go. A round of applause for Pat, please. It's uh, 12.52. We need some more answers, do we? Or have we done everything? Have we done everything? I think we might have done... So we're going to get close. We've gone, what have we got left? You can go out for an English. We've done Fatherland and Motherland. The policeman outside number 10. Why is it a spoon and fork on a motorway service station sign? How much bacteria do you get on your toothbrush if you simply leave it out in your bathroom? Is it ever going to be hazardous? Uh, why does porridge stick to non-stick pans? So we've done all the grown-up stuff. It's just the, the, the relatively simple ones left. And we can probably squeeze in a couple more questions. Malcolm's in Winchmore Hill. Malcolm, question or answer? Oh, good afternoon, James. Hello, Malcolm. Question. Marvellous. Um, if you've got two people travelling in different directions on the M25... Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I mean, if, if Mr. Hour has a rule, the rule is we don't like questions about roads. Ah. Did, who did you speak to before you got put through? Do you know? Uh... Yeah, the, the one girl at the end of the phone. Any distinguishing features, Malcolm? Because they'll both try and blame it on each other. Uh, well, I can't see them from here. No, I know. I meant vocal features. Um, Any sort no, of... No, just a womanly voice. A womanly voice. That's probably yeah. Jones the Engineer, then. Anyway, carry on. You're, th- you're here now. Go on. OK, if you've got two people travelling in different directions on the M25, uh-huh. and both staying on the inside lane in their um, in the direction of travel, yeah. what would be the distance in... Uh, difference. The difference in distance covered. Why, 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 what, 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 so if you're, so if you're traveling around cl- the M25, cl- clockwise you're on the inside lane, anti-clockwise you're on the outside lane. That's right, yeah. So it would be the distance in Difference those two in radiuses yeah. times the length of the whole M25. Well, no, because it's, it's not a complete, cir- a true circle, is it? No. No, it doesn't need to be, because you just measure the distance from one lane to the next. Is that going to be constant all the way around? 
Uh, no, it's not because some part of it. Part of it is uh, three lane motorway, isn't it? Yeah, this, is, this is why I don't do road questions. Do you think? I mean, who's going to know that? Yeah, that's what it's a mystery, isn't it? I can't really set up something called mystery and then complain about a question being too mysterious. (sighs) Malcolm, I've I've got two problems here. The first is I feel I haven't made you feel very welcome. Well, that's no problem. No, it's not. You say that because you're a nice man, but I apologise for my for my rudeness. It's not it's not your fault you got through. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate that, James. No. you're welcome. My second problem is that we've only got four minutes left, and this sounds like a question that needs an awful lot of. Calculate. I'm going to say 900 metres. Yeah, I, th- I think it probably might be a bit more than that, but uh, I wouldn't know myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's, why, that's why I'm ringing up you. Uh, uh, Malcolm, by way of apology, if I remember, I'll put your question on the top of the list next week so that we actually... Unless someone listening can answer it. So can we answer it? Do I, oh, my God. Stay, Malcolm. Malcolm, yeah, stay, yeah. no, stay there. Can, get, well, Stuart in Reading, quick. Stuart, hello. Yeah. Stuart. You are right there? Yeah, what's, what's up? It, right, I've got an answer for you. Come on. It's 130 miles going one way and 120 going the other. And I know because I've driven both ways. What, and kept an eye on it? Yeah. But you haven't done it all in the inside lane, though, have you? Uh, well, it was all going one way, so there was a 10-mile difference overall. Malcolm? Yes, James. Will you accept that answer? I will accept that one, James. Thank you very much. And will you accept my apology for the, for the coolness of my welcome? Well, I certainly will do, James. Stuart, the round of applause is for you. Wonderful. But Malcolm, I'm going to offer you one as a token of rapprochement. Many thanks indeed. Many thanks to you, sir. Where would we be without Mystery Hour? Where would Mystery Hour be without questioners? And where would the questioners be if I tore them all off a strip for asking a question that I subjectively, and in that case erroneously, consider to be dull? Speaking of dull, here's Wayne in Basildon. Wayne, question or answer? (laughs) Thank you very much for having me in try again. Uh, It's a question. Come on, then. I'm working, I'm working in Tottenham today, oh, yeah. and I've, I'm working in Tottenham Hale, and I have no idea what a Hale is. There's a, there's a place in Cheshire called Hale. Yeah, but what, what is a Hale in Tottenham? Tottenham Hale. Hale. H-A-L-E. Yeah. Ooh, do you know yeah. what? You might get lucky on that, even with only, only two minutes left. 0845 What does the Hale in Tottenham Hale refer to? What are you doing on Sunday, Wayne? Uh, I'm going to see a, a comedy current affairs show uh, oh. in Soho Theatre. Oh, yeah. What's that called, then? It's called No Pressure to be Funny. And who's who's fronting that up then these days? Oh, some Muppet called James O'Brien. <laughs> it's a cheaper after price, less of the Muppet. Marge is on the M25. Marge, question or answer? Uh, an answer, but not sure about it. I'm just working from a logical point of view uh, on the porridge. Yes. Well, it's kind of a flour base, and I think that's why it sticks to the pot. There's a flour consistency in porridge, and then you put it in... That's why I think it sticks. I don't think the milk is enough to uh, counteract the... Uh, it's not flour, though, it. is it? It's oats. No, it's, I know, but there is a kind of flour, if you look at any porridge, yeah. that kind of in it. I, I don't know. I'm, I was hoping somebody had to bring in with the answer, because I am curious. Uh, yeah, well, I, just, I mean, it's, I'd, I'd like the way your brain works, Marge, but you'll, you'll forgive me for not, not awarding a round of applause at this point. I think it might have something to do with the sugars in the milk. Strange though that sounds. Uh, Clive's in Woking. Clive, question or answer? Um, I need to dispute an answer, I'm afraid, Oh, here we go. Go on. I bet it's the road question, isn't it? It is, I'm Yeah, afraid. I knew it. Go on, then. Okay. The gentleman said it was ten miles different yeah. one way to the other, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Clockwise and to no, ante. There's hardly any point from the M25 where you cannot see the other carriageway. So yeah. the circumference to be ten miles different. They would have to be quite a way apart all the way around for that to ring true. Yeah. 
I can't give you an exact figure. So that's the quibble, is it? Yeah, but... Yeah. No, no, but you think about it, yeah? No, I do Well, no, I won't think about it. <laughs> Why not? Well, because I don't do road questions precisely so that I don't have to think about things like this. Yeah, but, OK, so I think it's wrong. Yeah. And I think the difference would be a matter of a few metres. I said 900. What, metres? Yeah. But you said you didn't do road questions. Oh, so how can you answer yeah. it? This is it from me for another day. We'll do it again tomorrow from 10. I remain James O'Brien. Julia Hartley-Brewer is next. <laughs>